Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, February 28th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Steve Hellwagon. Our maiden voyage doing a live show. We've switched to a video show last week, and now we're doing it live. Doing it live, Steve. Um, a lot to get into. Let's start with Ohio State hoops. Uh, also on the show, we're going to talk Ohio State football, and we're going to talk Big Ten TV rights. They're going to break the bank. We'll get into that. Not that they're not already breaking the bank. They're just going to break it, break it further. Um, obviously a tough loss yesterday for Ohio State. They did not look good. Uh, favored by four in that game at Maryland. Um, just did not go their way. They were trailing by four at halftime. Then it really got away from them in the second half. Your thoughts on that game, Steve, and just where are you at in general with this team with March obviously beginning tomorrow? Well, obviously, it seems like the schedule has finally caught up with them a little bit. And really, there's no rest for the weary because they're playing tomorrow again against Nebraska. And then they're playing again Thursday against Michigan State and uh, again on Sunday against Michigan. So um, there's no time to, to feel sorry for themselves or anything like that. And I don't think that they will. It's just that it was obvious that uh, they didn't have a whole lot left in the tank after that big emotional win at Illinois. And Maryland came right out, scored the game's first eight points, and it took Ohio State a little bit of time to get their bearings. Uh, Coach Holtman immediately put in Justin Arns and Kyle Young, uh, made some substitutions to, to change things up pretty quickly, and it worked for a short period, but uh, – Maryland was very determined, and, and obviously you get to the end of the season and they want to salvage something out of their season, and they've got a pretty good starting five. And uh, I don't know. There's nothing I could really say to make an excuse or justify what happened other than to say Ohio State simply didn't have it yesterday, and it's unfortunate because they'd put themselves in a position if they'd won their last four games and got Wisconsin to lose at home tomorrow night to Purdue – Ohio State would have won a share of the Big Ten championship. That's out the window now because uh, they need Wisconsin to lose twice, and they're not going to lose to Nebraska at home. So uh, that's pretty much out the window. But uh, at any rate, uh, you know, it is what it is. They still have a chance to get a top-four seat for the Big Ten tournament. If they win these last three games, they're guaranteed that, and that would set them up pretty good. Um, you know, we talk about seeds quite a bit. Uh, it is very important if this team wants to make a run to the Sweet 16, which Ohio State hasn't been in nine years to the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament, you need a good seed because you don't want to have to play, uh, be a number six seed and play a number three in the second round. That's a top 10 team possibly, and uh, you could get swept aside pretty easily in that scenario. So uh, you want to win as many games as you can to get as good a seed as you can for both the conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. Their margin of, of uh, error is very small with this team. You've got two uh, two guys with EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham who look like they're ready to explode at any moment. But uh, on a day when they both had kind of an off day, it was uh, 
it was an easy loss, I think, or an easy win for Maryland. I think Kyle Young needs to play more, um, and I think uh, Russell needs to play more. I think I would start Russell over Eugene Brown, which Holt did in the second half, and I would start Kyle Young over Zed Key. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Well, Zed's kind of hit a wall here. Uh, Kofi Coburn was kind of his kryptonite there at Illinois, and then uh, uh, Kudus Wahab was his uh, kryptonite at Maryland. Couldn't score over him and got frustrated, got in foul trouble. I don't think it's going to be a, a matter of starting anybody over Zed Key. I wonder if Zed Key will be available because he left the game with six minutes to go yeah, with an ankle injury. Hopefully he's okay, he may, yeah. he may miss the Nebraska game. They could probably beat Nebraska without him. But, uh, you know, Michigan State, Michigan, it would be helpful if he's available at least as another body for those games. So, you know, um, Tough decisions, but uh, I would think, yeah, it makes some sense that the way Kyle Young has played uh, the last two games that he deserves more time and uh, certainly opens things up when he draws the big man out of the middle and has him have to come out to the perimeter to guard him, as we saw with Coburn, opens up the middle for drivers and people to get to the basket. So I think that uh, that's a good strategy. But, again, you, you need all, everybody if you expect to win some of these games. All right, let's talk Big Ten TV rights. Now, they will expire after the current contracts that they have will expire after the 2022-23 school year. They're not doing bad right now. They're, they're raking, in, raking in $440 million per year, the Big Ten is, and they split that um, with the different institutions. There are several reports out there that their new TV contract, Steve, will add up to $1 billion per year. $1 billion. They're going to more than double what they already make. Um Wow. I mean, that's going to be a huge windfall for this conference. They already make a ton of money. Now they're going to make even more. Uh, that's pretty interesting stuff. I know you follow that side of it. Your thoughts on that development. Yeah, that's very interesting. If it does go to that type of a level and just shows, again, kind of the desperate nature of broadcast television uh, and even cable TV in this time that uh, streaming has really kind of uh, taken hold here. And I'm certain some of that will involve the streaming rights for these games as well. But live live sporting events on television are at a premium right now. And when you can deliver an audience as the Big Ten, and in particular Ohio State has, then I think that it's, it's worth a premium amount of money. And we're going to see uh, what the Big Ten as a collective – can drive in this next negotiate negotiation. Obviously, CBS's deal with the SEC is coming up. NBC may want something to partner and package with its Notre Dame uh, rights that it has. So you've got two new bidders basically coming onto the scene to compete with Fox and ESPN ABC for these rights. And I think you'll see a diversification probably. You'll always have the Big Ten Network as the uh, the baseline, but I think that you will see uh, this thing carved up into a lot of different pieces that add up to a lot of money and that uh, one network in particular will overpay for the tier one rights, which is the first choice of games on most weekends. And uh, right now it seems that Fox has those tier one rights. To my way of understanding, they have the first pick two weekends out of the year. And then after that, it's kind of carved up and drafted, let's say between themselves and ESPN. And that's why the Ohio state Michigan game has been on Fox. It'll be an interesting 
thing this year to see, you know, where does Ohio State versus Notre Dame end up? Does it end up on ESPN or does it end up, or rather ABC, or does it end up on Fox? And obviously we're talking about the rights for the future in years coming up, uh, you know, what, what how it's going to be set up. But the Big Ten is in a perfect position. Their contract is coming due before any of the other contracts. Jim Delaney set it up this way. It was his parting gift uh, to uh, to the Big Ten, worth his weight in gold. Whatever they're paying him in retirement, uh, he is uh, he's worth it. And now it's up to Kevin Warren and the guys, the lawyers, to uh, to uh, squeeze every last drop of money out of uh, the TV networks. Ohio State ran about a $50, $60 million deficit during the COVID year. So a windfall like this and TV rights would help them pay off that deficit uh, pretty quickly and get, get back to doing what they need to be doing, Dave. And that's building a bigger, better whack. You know, you, you know, it's 30 years old. It's, it, it's not up to snuff. It's, you know, which I think is total crap that a facility that seems to be state of the art um, isn't, uh, isn't what they need, but uh, you know, whatever. Uh, eventually there's going to be a lot of talk about paying these players because they're the ones that are bringing this money in and, uh, you know, I know they have name, image, and likeness, but the colleges at some point are probably going to have to address uh, revenue sharing with the athletes. Because uh, if you're making this much money, uh, you're looking for ways. I mean, they've got, what, 1,200 athletes and probably 300 or 400 staff people, you, you know, one, one, three athletes for every staff person that they pay. I mean, you know, it. how many more? How many more? Uh uh, staff people and how much how much more can you spend on facilities at some point you got to pay the athletes who are bringing in the money the arms race is crazy we were joking like when they renovate the WAC, maybe with ohio being the roller coaster capital of the world with cedar point and king's island maybe put a massive roller coaster in there somewhere have it going out of the whack and coming back in you know just uh <laughs> clemson can have their big slide the WAC can have a, a roller coaster in there get cedar fair the the company that owns both Cedar Point and Kings Island to put a roller coaster in there. Maybe people. an Eiffel Tower. Maybe um, an Eiffel Tower would be good. We already have one of those. We need a. We just need a, a new roller coaster. There's already yeah. an Eiffel Tower, a mini mini Eiffel Tower in uh, Kings Island. Um, all right, let's talk some football. So, spring ball is going to begin. What do we think? March. It's next week sometime. March seventh or eighth. Have they given us? I think it's next Tuesday. Yet? We saw a preliminary schedule with only two practices next week, and then spring break. Um, so yeah, it's coming before we know it. I assume we're going to get invited early next week to, to go check out that first practice. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun with four new assistant coaches getting to know everybody's, uh, you know, getting to know you is what it's going to be. I think this spring and, uh, so much installation on the defensive side of the ball and people like, are they going to going to do this are they going to do that well it's premature to say what they're going to do i think they got to figure out what they have and then tailor what they're going to do to what they have i think that's what it's got to be but uh yeah it's going to be an interesting spring there's no doubt about it and uh, a lot of guys fighting for jobs i would say just about every job on the defensive side of the ball is wide 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 open uh with the exception maybe denzel burke at cornerback and maybe Ronnie Hickman at safety. I'd say every other job, maybe Zach Harrison at defense. Cam Brown. I'd say both corners. Cam, Cam Brown. Brown. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah, both corners are, are probably uh, probably good. Uh, beyond that, I'd say those three or four spots we mentioned, I think it's wide open. And, um, 
Jim Knowles is going to figure out who can play and who can't. And uh, that's uh, that's job one. And over on offense, it's uh, no slippage. Yeah, you lose uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and Nicholas Petit-Ferrer and Claire Munford and Jeremy Ruckert. But, uh, you know, you've got guys, as we saw in the Rose Bowl, ready to fill in for all those guys. So I think it's uh, going to be a, a situation where you get back to work and uh, – you, you experiment, you get as many people, as many reps as possible and figure out, you know, who's ready to go and, and who uh, who's going to help them win the Big Ten in uh, 2022. That's uh, that's the first order of business, uh, I would say, this spring. Did you see the nickname that Jim Knowles gave the linebackers? A little shout out to the great movie Young Guns. He put a, a picture of them. They He took them to Top Golf. He's also the linebackers coach. He's doubles as the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. We took his guys, the linebackers, to top golf, and he put a, a picture on there. He looks like a mad scientist in the middle of all these linebackers. Like, look at these wonderful toys that I've discovered. And he's sitting there, and he, he's nicknamed them the regulators. He's hashtag regulators. Mount up. I love that. I like that because, uh, you know, so, somebody has got to, uh, to, to, to draw that line in the sand and say, look, uh, what's happened on defense for Ohio State the last couple of years is not acceptable. And it has to start, I think, with the linebacker group because they're involved in both the running and the pass uh, quite a bit. And so I, I just look at it that, uh, you know, that's that's got to be a line of defense that uh, makes major improvement. As no far as about it. Go ahead, go ahead. 22 season, I think they've got to make major improvement. And uh, it can begin with them. That's fine with me. I think you'll have good play up front on defense. You've got uh, the combination of uh, youth and, and, the, and the veteran there with uh, uh, Zach Harrison and the young guys coming up. I think the defensive line is going to be fine. And plenty of talent in the secondary, too. They've recruited well in the secondary. But uh, linebacker group, it, it's on you guys. you got to deliver this year. And I, I think uh, I'm interested to see what Knowles brings out of them. Last thing, I can't remember going into spring ever during my time covering this team where we're not even talking about the offense at all. We're all just like, yeah, it'll it'll be a lead again because it will be. It'll be a lead again. Yes, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. But still, I mean, is there anything on offense you're going to be paying close attention to? I still I, I believe in this offensive line. I, I think Justin Fry is going to coach them up. I like the talent. I like the way they're going to fit this year. They're going to have guards playing guards and stuff, tackles playing guards. They're going to have Paris Johnson playing left tackle. So I, I – I'm bullish on this group, but I still need to see it because they they underachieved last year, in my opinion. Uh, I guess that's the one thing I'm really paying attention to on offense. Uh, your thoughts on the offense? Running game. Uh, you want to be able to run yep. the football when you want to run it, when you need to run it. Mm -hmm. Backup running back, Mayan Williams, he was kind of in and out of the lineup all season long, whether it was in the doghouse or hurt or who knows. And then uh, who's going to be the third or fourth running back? I mean, you've got Pryor. Uh, you've got uh, Crowley who are in there. You figure Crowley may be back. So um, I'm interested to see who who comes up and who, who shows it. And uh, you need you need three guys, as we saw last year. You do need several guys to get through an entire season. Travion Henderson, um, for everything great that he did, there would be a lot of games where he'd go out in the first half and and and, you know, sit out a while and then get back in there in the second half. And, and, you know, freshman, that's natural, I suppose. But, uh, you know, he's got to be a, a bit more of a gamer, I think, in, in terms of 
uh, playing through some of the nicks and cuts and, uh, you know, staying with it. So, um, you know, and that's not something you need to prove your manhood in spring football or anything like that. But I do think that running the football and physicality on the offensive line go hand in hand. And that's something that uh, they're going to be working on this spring. I think no question about it. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Thank you, Steve. Thank you to everybody who tuned into the show. Thank you to everybody who is watching us live right now. We really appreciate it. If you missed any part of the show, you can go back and watch it. We'll also post the audio-only version on all of our different platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, you can watch it on Bucknuts. Listen to it on Bucknuts. Thanks again to Steve. Thank you to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day. Bye.